1: Head over to homethreads.com slash D I J F Y, short for dinner not I
0: Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding
1: them three times a day plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D I J F Y today to get 15% off your first order. Armoire makes getting dressed easy with a clothing rental membership from Armoire. It signals to other people who are also out of habit that it's okay just to show up as yourself, casual, comfortable. This doesn't have to be
0: like stressful or deep. Like, we just want to be together because we've spent so much time not being able to be together.
1: Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids.
0: Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. This week, we've got a fun one. With warmer weather ahead and safe gatherings feeling more and more possible, we're talking about how to host a game night. I kind of think they're all fun ones, but (laughs) okay. I mean, it was like a play on like games, yes. fun. No, I, don't know. I love it. What? Okay, <laughs> before we dive into the fun, I want to give a shout out to our community. As a reminder, we offer a free community space where everyone shares meal plans, tried and true recipes, tips, and wins. And if you're able to contribute to Didn't I Just Feed You, you can join us as a supporting member, which comes with tons of additional perks, including two bonus episodes every single month. Find out more about your options and how to join us at didn'tIjustFeedYou.com backslash community. And hey, if you can't join our supporting community or become a community member right now, you can always support Didn't I Just Feed You by leaving a rating or review or sharing this episode with a friend. Phyllis. I am excited to talk about game nights. I don't know how much we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I love playing games at the family dinner table. And so I also love hosting people to play games. How about you? Yeah, we love games too. I don't know that we do it at the family table as much, but it's definitely a way that helps keep my older boys engaged with family time without yes. reverting to a scream. Yes, you know, like they're ready to like go off and be on their phones or play their video games with their friends. Or you know, we do lots of movie nights, which are really cool. But that is a screen thing. You know, fifteen-year-olds don't want to sit down and like shoot the their parents. <laughs> uh, seven year olds uh, don't yeah, want to I mean, no down history, right? Which is why I love games. Right. Like it's yeah. So another thing is that we have friends who will like come over with their kids too and either like sleep over. We actually have one family that we're really close with, um, where even though they only live 10 minutes away, they'll will plan these nights where they come over for dinner and they sleep at our house. So that oh, way fun. like the kids can go like stay up late together and hang out and the parents can hang out into the wee hours if we feel like it and everyone can just crash and then they just leave the next morning and go back home, even though it's right around the corner. <laughs> it's still no worrying about drinking and driving. Yeah, you know, driving exactly. home. Which I know is less of a consideration in New York where you can always drink and Ubering, But yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But we love playing games with other families. That's the only problem. And Megan, I want to know about your family as well. I have a feeling I know the answer when it comes to you and Ella, but I'm not sure about the other two. Okay. Everyone in my family is so competitive. (laughs) I'm a competitive person and I, well, I wouldn't say I'm the least competitive because Oliver can kind of roll with it. Let's just say that Mike and Isaac are two of the more competitive people I've ever met. And then I'm pretty competitive too. But they can be so intense that I find myself like really tamping down my competitive spirit because I really like everybody getting along more than I like winning. And like it can get tense. It can get tense. We had another family over recently. And we were playing this game that I don't know the name of it. So I'm just going to describe it later when we're okay. going to go through Talking our favorite games. family games. But it's like you have to put words in categories. And the category was items that you find in a home. Okay. And everyone was doing like TV, couch, bedside table, blah, 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 blah. And Isaac put down Lazy Susan. And Mike was like, Lazy Susan definitely counts. And everybody in the other family was like, no. A lazy Susan isn't doesn't feel specifically like something you find in the house. Like you can find it in the house, but it doesn't feel specifically. And there was a debate, and I had had a couple of drinks, and I was like, ah, oh, like I'm kind of agreeing with them. And I ended up being the breaking vote against Isaac, who was on my team, oh. by the way. <laughs> and like his mood changed, he could not stop talking about lazy Susan's for the entire weekend. And also the next morning when I woke up, I was like. Totally lazy Susan counts. <laughs> and then I was like afraid to tell him that I changed my mind because instead of him like laughing and being cool, I knew he'd be actually kind of mad at me <laughs> and annoyed. Like, you screwed us. Like, why'd you yeah. do that? Like that's that's very big Capricorn energy. Yeah. Yes. And I want to say, for whatever it's worth, I do not have a single <laughs> lazy Susan in my house. <laughs> not by design, not because I feel strongly about it, but I I just don't. Uh, so well, I, I don't feel like either. Kind of right. I feel like I don't right. either. But then I was like, ah, oh, but a lazy Susan definitely isn't whatever you watch enough Instagram content on organizing your fridge or cabinets and like lots of my lazy fa- Susans. My favorite, which is why it's surprising <laughs> even to me that I don't have a lazy Susan in my yeah, house. It actually surprised yeah. me too. <laughs> Are you guys competitive? We're very competitive. <laughs> I love trash talk. Like, love, love, love it. So does I It's not good. It's not good because neither of the kids like it unless they're winning and they're the trash talker. Yeah. Uh, so I feel a little bit like you where I'm I'm always trying to be a little bit more diplomatic because I want game night to go longer. And I know that yes. if one kid gets upset <laughs> yeah. and wants to walk away, that's yeah. it. We're done. It's over. Because Brian will throw his hands up, too. Yeah. But my <laughs> funny thing about game nights is Brian's family, after like holiday meals, they always get a big game of risk going Mm, and that's really, it's really fun. They're very competitive. There's a lot of like drinking and trash talking and cursing each other while risk is happening. And one of the first times that we, we hosted, I think it was Thanksgiving and we got a big game of risk going. You know, part of risk is like when you get one of each of the cards, you do a turn in. And yes. so you get more armies. Well, I was like the person, the banker, or whatever, the person in charge of armies and, and cards and stuff. Brian tries to slide me a turn in. He's like, Oh, I have a turn in. He slides it to me. I almost, I started to like take his, you know, his armies or whatever it is out. And then I was like, I should check. He did not have a turn in. He was totally trying to cheat, and so like now, this is like ten years later. Every time we play games with people, I'm always like, "Be careful, Brian's a cheater." Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I think people maybe like read more into that than there actually is. Like, yeah. he is a loyal person. He does. There's no like he doesn't That's cheat his taxes. I don't worry about him in our any of that. That one time he cheated at risk, I will not let go. And I just warn everyone. All That time is hilarious. So one of my good friends, I have identified as a cheater too. And probably she only cheated once or twice. Yes. Although she will say that she's iffy. Like she'll admit it. Yeah. She likes to win. And they're a family that we play with often. And her husband and her two kids just aren't, you know, like some people are really into games. Like yeah. they aren't super into games. And she is. And my entire family is. So sometimes afterwards, we're always like, oh... We wish we could take her on our team. Like she feels like she fits more with our family on game night. And so sometimes I feel like she's willing to cheat out of necessity because she's like carrying the load of her entire family. (laughs) She's like, come on, people. She's always yelling at them like, come on. I mean, bless her. I'm, she knows I'm on her side. Yes, my She's, whole family is like in it. Like we're gonna, <laughs> we're ready to destroy. Otherwise, this. her family is gonna get eaten alive. And they and just do. like it. their pants. And they do. It's like one of Isaac's favorite things to talk about is like. Yeah, like that family's not like a, a game family the way we are. Like he loves to, he loves talking, and he love he feels very proud that we're like a good game family because he'd be like my friend. Like he'd be so competitive, he and he'd be very disappointed in us. Yeah, if we couldn't pull our weight and help yeah. him win. I think That's this is really funny stuff. that our like introduction to oh ga- um, game nights are so <laughs> fabulous for casual entertaining as we get back into the world and then we're like trash talk beat the kids all of you we're gonna annihilate you at Scrabble and also what you said is so true the like one kid getting upset I mean we love playing games yet I'd be a liar if I didn't admit that. Now that the kids are older, it's less. But like when they were younger, like your kids' age, at least fifty percent of our game sessions ended with someone walking off, or tears, or arguing between yep. the boys, and then Mike getting annoyed at them, and like him annoyed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> some one drama, one thousand percent that. And Brian is the one where he's like, like he's Mike. He's like, well, I spent yeah. twenty five minutes setting up the monopoly board. <laughs> And for this, and I always have to remind him, <laughs> like this, we're playing the long. This is the long game here. We're trying to create family traditions, even if we only do it once a month. That we get Monopoly out, or we set up Mousetrap, or whatever it is that you feel like <laughs> is so intense to set up, it's worth it. It is worth it. It is worth it, guys. <laughs> we want you to keep listening. I wish people could see our video because I'm dying when you're doing. Brian, because it's 100% make too. It is. It is. Okay. So let's talk about this. I I was thinking about this before we were recording that the last time we really talked about sort of like entertaining on the fly was in March or April of 2020 when we talked about Snoop snacks, Snoop snacks, Snoop snacks, Snoop Snoop. Snoop. snacks deep in pandemic deep in pandemic. And now I'm like in a totally different life than we were
1: then. Like not
0: just pandemic, but we moved. And we have two neighborhood families. I would refer to them as bus stop families because that's how we met them. Our kids are like closest, close-ish in age. But one family eats primarily plant-based. And then one family has a gluten-free and dairy-free parent. So that makes entertaining them... Like something I want to do, because they're right in the neighborhood, they can walk to our house, we can walk to their house, vice versa, or like our kids can all run around. But something that I feel less prepared for. And so I'm excited to talk about like, this idea of things that you can keep on hand for entertaining on the fly. Like we are at the bus stop on Friday afternoon, and I can just be like, yeah, come over for snacks and drinks, and we can get a game of risk going. My dear friend who's competitive is has celiac and so does her daughter. So since they're most frequently at my house, I, I'll start there because I always yes. have a couple of things that I know I can give to them. And actually the daughter also, dairy gives her issues too. So for yeah. the most part, she eats dairy free and gluten free. So I always have a box of nut thins around. I love them too. And I eat them, but I actually like tuck one in the back of my cabinet For when they come over unexpectedly, because I always want to make sure that I have something that I know I can share. Nut thins and gluten-free tortilla chips and gluten-free tortillas, because I feel like they're one of the small handful of families where I might also impromptu end up cooking dinner for them. Yes. Because this friend is also a friend who I love cooking with. So it's actually really easy because I know I'll have some help. Like she's one of a very small handful of people that I trust in the kitchen with me. Tortillas are great too, because you can always like throw together tacos or something really, really like quesadillas for everybody, not as much for the daughter. But, you know, we can always kind of give her pouched rice and beans are also really good for impromptu meals. Because she'll like eat tortillas with just rice and beans and avocado if I have it around. Okay. So I think like that's a good place to start. And I do want to pause here because I know that isn't that many items, but I think that sometimes when there are tips about what you should keep in your pantry, they're often these very long, extensive lists, which can be helpful, but I think can also be overwhelming and gives you this sense that you need to have a million things on hand. And I don't think that's practical. I don't think it's affordable. Also, <laughs> As your kids get older, it's really freaking hard to keep your pantry stocked. And <laughs> you can manage. Like it used to be that I could say, like, all this stuff is stuff that I just want to have on hand for either yeah. a future meal or for impromptu entertaining. Now I have little fees. Yeah, it's the all trait. fair game. Yes. It's something that you think, oh, they'll never touch that. Yes like a jar of dairy-free nacho cheese sauce is going to disappear at 1130 at night. Totally, 100%. So, you know, just having a handful of things, I think is plenty. And I think that what we're going to find at the end of this episode is that there's going to be this theme of keeping it simple, going slow, lowering expectations for yourself, Not just to make it easier on ourselves, because A, we need that always. B, we especially need that grace right now because we're just getting back to being with friends. We're very out of habit and it feels like weird and we feel rusty, but also because it signals to other people who are also out of habit that it's okay just to show up as yourself, casual, comfortable. This doesn't have to be, like, stressful or deep. Like, we just want to be together because we've spent so much time not being able to be together. Yes. Like, that's the point. Not a perfect menu. Yes. Okay, I want to talk about the boys eating your pantry staples only because... And now I cannot remember where I read this tip and it was years ago, but I kind of love this idea. It was probably a kitchen writer. Maybe we can even find it and link to it in show notes. But this idea of like having a small basket, like I'm talking small, yeah. little like eight by eight square basket that lives at the top of your pantry that you can tuck those kinds of things into. And like I'm not or I organizing my pantry is like on my long lead to-do list. But that is something that I would really like to do, especially those things that are specialty, like specifically gluten-free, dairy-free, yes. for those, those people that you entertain, entertain re- regularly. And then it's also a nice place to stash, like, oh, if you go to Trader Joe's and you get this one yeah. yard salsa, or salsa dip or sauce that you love, like buy two, one for your family to enjoy and one to have totally. for entertaining. Also, I think I that's like- very smart. I think it helps keep the budget down too, because I am prone to like, oh, our friends are coming over. I'm going to just run to the grocery store real quick and like grab a bunch of things when probably I could pull st- have had stuff in the pantry pulled, set aside, and it wouldn't have been this like extra expenditure. It would have just been a slow buildup of pantry staples over a little bit of time. Yes, Totally. Um, On the gluten-free, dairy-free thing, I do want to mention one ingredient that I have been stocking regularly since we started hanging out with these neighbors, which is chickpea flour, because um, soca is a really easy thing to make. It's just, it's like kind of like a flatbread. It's not quite a cracker. It's creamy in the middle. And it's literally chickpea flour, water, salt, and olive oil. So it's very like gluten-free, dairy-free. Love it. And then you can season it in a bunch of different ways. Um, it's really good with fresh mozzarella. Mm. Yeah. Oof. Yum. Yum. And then I think exactly what you said about like, it doesn't have to be all these very specific things. It can be things that are already in your pantry. Like, A can of chickpeas. And then if you have a really yummy vinegar, you can like do salt and vinegar chickpeas. Or um, I think I mentioned this even maybe in this stoop snacks episode (laughs) that our favorite bar in Boise makes this like celery snack, which is literally little celery matchsticks with fur, cocky, sesame oil, a little bit of rice wine vinegar, or like I'll use the acid leagues, mango jalapeno vinegar on it. And like, it's super fresh and crunchy. And it's something that's so nice to put out when you're like having popcorn and pretzels and other like super easy package snacks. And then tin fish. Like that's not something yeah. that my family loves to eat, but I do love it. And buying a couple, like once or twice a year, and keeping them on is in, on hand is one of my favorite little luxury entertaining pantry staples. I totally agree with you on the tinned fish thing. I think it's a know your audience kind of moment. Not everybody loves it, but it, you can literally open a can of tinned fish. And just put it out, like whether it's anchovies or, you know, smoked mussels or just smoked tuna that you can kind of chunk up and put out with crackers and little cocktail forks. It feels very elegant without any work. Yes. You know, but again, not everybody loves it, but I'm with you on that. Yeah. I was going to say, if you have for fish haters or people who are maybe like on the edge about fish. Sometimes even taking like the smoked salmon and turning that into a dip is a, a super like it can literally just be mayo, cream cheese and smoked salmon and like whatever fresh herbs you have on hand. That can be like a way to get people interested in trying tin fish. And also then you're not doing like extra cooking to have a super flavorful and sort of fancy feeling. Yeah. Snack. And smoked salmon is available everywhere. I also love smoked whitefish salad. I It's a very New York City New thing. York, yeah. yeah. So I don't know how readily available it is, but it's another great, it really just tastes like smokiness. <laughs> it tastes yeah. like smoked protein, which could be anything. It doesn't have a strong fishy flavor. And that's really delicious too. That's also great for breakfast entertaining, which I know is a little weird. But if you want to have people over more in the morning, like that brunch hour, like smoked salmon, some smoked whitefish salad, cream cheeses and bagels, and just putting out a spread is like very lovely. Listen, if we can have bre- if we can have breakfast for dinner, we can have breakfast for entertaining. Yes. All hours of the there day. you go. I like that. Yeah. So some other things that I keep on hand, um, this is, sounds really basic, but sour cream. I think sour cream and cream cheese are really important to all the time because <laughs> you can make a really quick dip with one or both or either of them. And I just want to remind everyone that you can freeze sour cream, like you can freeze a block of sour cream. So that makes it easy to just kind of stash. But, you know, I love Trader Joe's green salsa and I have literally mixed a jar of that with a container of sour cream. Done. Like that's done. the dip. So it's delicious. So good. I know that you really love Greek style yogurt or sour cream with chili crisp. Yep. Again, done. Uh everything bagel seasoning with cream cheese and use a little bit of either if you have buttermilk or sour cream on hand, even milk, just to thin it out a little bit, like done. Like these are very simple crowd pleasers. So don't think that a dip has to require some big like recipe or special ingredients. I agree. And can we just shout out the Liptons onion soup dip packets? It's like a dollar sixty five and you get two or three envelopes in a package. And then if you just always have sour cream on hand, I love homemade onion dip. I really do. It's one of Brian's favorite things. Yeah it is a labor of love. And honestly the Liptons is just as good. Maybe it's better because (laughs) it took less time. Also, you know that I never, ever had ranch in my house until you graced me with your love (laughs) for ranch. I'm an influencer. You are. You're an influencer. I don't tend to keep the dressing on hand because we just don't eat it very much. But I'll keep an envelope of ranch seasoning around. Which is just great for a lot of different things. I mean, you can sprinkle it on pork chops and cook it like that. You can turn it into the dressing, although it never really comes out quite as good as the bottled stuff, in my opinion, when you want to use it as a dressing. But great dip, great, great fast, easy dip. dip, right? And and that's a one, like, they have instructions on the back. You don't need that. Just like the a package of sour cream, an envelope of the ranch, and that is such a good chip dip and veggie combo. Totally. I really love Trader Joe's spicy black bean dip. I want to give it a shout out. It's something that I always keep in my pantry. It's really flavorful and delicious, and you can just literally crack it open. You mentioned chickpeas. I want to give them an extra shout out because I feel like you can flavor them a million different ways and throw them in the air fryer or the oven and crisp them up. I like serving them like that too, but one of my favorite tips for entertaining is just to dress up store bought stuff. So you buy your favorite store bought hummus, you put it in a bowl, you mix it up, you use the back of your spoon to create a little like dented swirl on the top, pour in olive oil, sprinkle some, it could be dill, it could be paprika, it could be za'atar, something that makes it look homemade and then take those air fried or roasted chickpeas and sprinkle them on top and it's Delicious! It looks gorgeous. It's hardly any extra work, and it just seems really lovely. And it's literally a container of hummus. <laughs> yes, and you can also do buy the hummus and buy the crispy chickpeas. Yes, <laughs> and you just can add those things, and and people think you're a genius. Although I those just- crispy chickpeas in a package, I have, I think it might be just me. Okay. Because I'm Greek and Greeks have been eating crispy chickpeas, like packaged chickpeas forever. Yeah. Like that's not a new thing. You can get them in bulk in like the Greek store. They can be very chalky.
1: Mm. I
0: much prefer air fried ones. Yeah, they do have a can. Little, yeah, little more give to them. Yeah, something yeah. that I like. So anyway, that's just me. I- I wanted to shout out chickpeas too as like a fritter option. If you wanted to make something that's like a little more substantial as a snack, like you could mix, uh, mash up the can of chickpeas and then fry the, the fry little fritters and olive oil is really good. Oh, so you mentioned chickpea flour. You're talking chickpeas now. So I wanted to also say I keep a small bag of masa in my freezer Mm. because I don't often, I don't use it enough to keep it in my pantry. and arepas. I mean, I'm, mm. we're on an arepa kick right now because we recently came back from Colombia, but I've, I've had a, I've been making arepas for a long time and it's literally just like a little fat water, the masa harina, and then you fry them up and they're also gluten-free, which is great. Yes. It's little pancakes that you can top with cheese. You can serve with cheese on the side. You can stuff them. You can take that black bean dip and put it right on top of the arepa and suddenly you go from having like tortilla and chips, which feels like just a snack, to having something that feels like it's dinner. Yes. Or at least more substantive. Yes. I wanna make sure we don't forget like you mentioned sour cream. We talked about sort of like pantry staples, but like what other things are in your fridge or freezer that are helpful for entertaining? One jar of like fancy jam. Okay. What's fancy? Jam? And it actually doesn't have to be fancy. I'm using fancy <laughs> to mean like usually either something local because okay. that's nice. Like something yeah. from the farmer's market or like a fig jam or a quince jam. Something okay. that can go on your cheese plate because I am a big believer in cheese not having to be fancy. Everybody loves cheese. You can get cheese from any supermarket that can be made into a beautiful board. And I feel like adding a little bit of jam or honey or something like that just instantly elevates your cheese board, even if it's just like supermarket cheddar and supermarket brie. Or a block of cream cheese. You know, in the South that... Hot pepper jelly totally. over cream cheese with crackers is a very popular entertaining yes, thing. It's that's like, beautiful. You're not even making a cheese ball. It's literally the block of cream cheese, and you can do that with those fancy jams as well, and it's so delicious. Totally, hot pepper jam is a really good one. I that's yes. often a go-to, because I, I also like making like pimento cheese. I think is a great mm-hmm. one, but that can require you know you're getting your food processor out, and it's a recipe. So you don't have to, but you know, you can approximate that with just some like hot pepper jam or hot pepper jelly and cream cheese. Totally. Uh, hearts of palm. You know that this is my go-to. This is like my big impressive thing that everybody's heard about (laughs) for a million years (laughs) because the relationship between how easy it is and the reaction I get is so, is like such a satisfying one. It's literally throwing hearts of palm, olive oil, salt, and lemon juice into a food processor. And people act like it's some like crazy, oh my God, what is this dip? So we'll link to the recipe. Always have hearts of palm. They're not acting like it. It is. Like, it is really good. So delicious. And it's nice because it's the same or a similar vibe to hummus of like ease of eating and universally delicious. But it's something different than hummus. Totally. Crackers, having a variety of crackers, uh, chips, always great. Like, and you know, but these are the things that disappear. (laughs) So I try to keep them in my pantry, but like always making sure that there's either a bag of tortilla chips or potato chips or pita chips, something in the house that can go with everything. And then having one or two different types of crackers. Yes, you know, even just like Ritz, and then a water cracker or something like that, just two or nut thins. And I do like to hide something. I would put in my basket, my little hiding basket, <laughs> <laughs> is like those crisps. Are one is one brand called like Rainforest Crisps or something? Oh, I feel they're like, like yes. thin slices of like pumpernickel bread or yes. something that yes. have been crisped up. Yes. Is it Rainforest? I, think I it's don't like know. Rain, I think it's like Raincoast. We'll find them yes. and we'll link to them. But yes. I know exactly the brand you're talking about. It's beautiful packaging. They're also beautiful crackers because they yes. sometimes have dried fruit and nuts yes. in them too. Yeah, totally. Yes. You know exactly what I'm yes. talking about. And I like that the, that has like a variation. And I feel like one or two tricks like that in your back pocket, no one's going to scoff at nut thins and writs. Like, yeah. delicious. I want to eat that right now, actually. But. <laughs> box of each. <laughs> but but if you are trying to do something a little that feels a little bit fancier, so this is not for every game night, but like maybe this is something a little bit more planned and it's in the evening, having Ritz or water crackers and then, you know, another type of cracker that feels a little bit fancier, has a different color, has a different texture, that ends up looking beautiful too on the table and on your spread instead of everything just being beige. And like one little thing like that makes all the difference. The same way like having one of those small container of rosemary sprigs can, you know, you use a couple of those on your cheese plate and suddenly like something that feels ordinary looks great. What else do you keep on hand? Well, I was trying to ask you about your fridge staples. Oh, my fridge. Yeah. Where are you leading me? (laughs) I was trying to lead you. To talk about puff pastry, because I know we both feel strongly that having puff pastry on hand is a really, like, because it can live in the freezer forever. Um, You can roll it out and cut it into twists with, like, a little bit of Parmesan cheese or even your favorite seasoning. You can wrap it around, like, sausages or hot dogs and turn it into sort of, like, more kid-friendly but still feeling special. Pigs in a blanket or sausage in a smoothie yes. for entertaining. But I will say you getting back to crackers made me think about rice paper. I know I'm personally like really guilty of buying rice paper to do spring rolls like once yeah. a year. And then it just sits in my pantry. I recently learned that you can take the rice paper. You don't have to do anything special to it. um, Break it into bigger pieces and fry it in a little bit of shallow like vegetable oil on the stovetop. And it puffs up beautifully. Yes. And oh my God, this is reminding me of the viral. Have you seen the rice paper dumplings, quote unquote dumplings? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't, I feel like, yes, I've seen it, but I don't know if I agree with it. Do you agree with it? I don't know. I've been wanting to try it because I don't agree with it in theory, but then I want to look at it. First of all, it's not a dumpling, but anyway, fine. Like that's (laughs) like typical social media stuff. But I was thinking for those times when I buy rice paper and then I just have it. Yes. I was like, Oh, why wouldn't I just cut up some tofu or like take some yes. season, some ground meat and put it in there and then shallow fry it in a pan. Yeah. Like that looks delicious. I think my kids would eat it. Yes. Okay. Well, I want you to try the dumplings now so you can report back to us, but <laughs> I just wanted to shout out because rice paper is one of those things lasts forever in the pantry. And like that's a really that could be a really easy entertaining night of like you just make a tray of like seasoned tofu like you mentioned or even if you had frozen shrimp and wanted to quickly cook that off a bunch of shredded veggies some pieces of lettuce to help with wrapping whatever herbs you have on hand and you can make like a peanut sauce from the jar of jiff in your pantry and then have something that goes from feeling like snacky to feeling like a more substantial dinner and also can be very like Gluten free, dairy free, plant yes. forward for entertaining. Okay, you mentioned puff pastry, but you didn't mention yeah. pop and bake, dough. <laughs> Love Wait, that. I've heard that there's a shortage on canned biscuits recently. What? Really? Yeah. So just I've been blissfully unaware. Oh my yes, goodness. The people in the South are <laughs> upset. <laughs> like we don't want to admit that we're upset. Because we don't want you to know we're eating canned biscuits, but But there's a shortage. Here's the truth. So I'll just say we should talk about ideas, but I'll say, like, if you make biscuit dough from scratch, you can do any of these things with that. that, Yes. Any of the ideas we mentioned with that as well. Um, We didn't talk about cured meats, but I have to say that there have been all these American brands that are launching like classical approach to cured meats where you used to have to get like prosciutto imported from Italy and yes. serrano ham from Spain. And there are all these producers in the States now. And a lot of them are distributing their meats nationwide, usually at a more expensive kind of specialty store store yeah. or like Whole Foods. But the good thing is that they're, instead of getting it freshly sliced at the deli and wrapped in the wax paper, which keeps it fresh for a little while, it is cured meat, but they come in smaller quantities that are vacuum sealed and you can buy like a great salami or prosciutto that is like just the right quantity, not too crazy expensive given what it is and that you can keep in your fridge for a really long time. And that's something that, well, if it's salami, gets broken into. But if it's like a fancier (laughs) meat, the kids tend to know like that's what they leave alone. And then you can always just whip up a little like meat and cheese spread. I think that people are probably sick of hearing about cheese boards and meat boards and charcuterie. Now all I can hear is that audio, that trending real (laughs) audio. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but really... That is an anchor for feeding visitors that has its place in our culture for a reason. It's satisfying. It makes people happy. And you do not have to spend 45 minutes on Instagram to figure out how to make it look pretty. Like it's, that's really not necessary. Just like nuts, meat, cheese, crackers on a board and people are happy and people eat it so it fills them up you really don't have to do much else outside of that depending on the time of day we have a whole episode about building cheese boards if you want to listen and get some advice but it can be like one one main cheese one main meat and then like some fresh veggies, fruit and crackers and done. I do find myself because we have this like very specific narrow Venn diagram of like what all of our neighbors and their kids eat. I do find myself doing like a platter or a board that's just like all the snacks. So it's not necessarily like a charcuterie board. It's a snack cooterie board. Yeah, (laughs) totally. You just want to say cooterie over and over. I just over. want to say <laughs> It's a snack board, but it's not coodery. Coodery. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And can we just linger on that for a second? Because yeah. it doesn't have to be all like brie and jam. And it can also just be a big board with popcorn, pretzels, fresh veggies, <laughs> jelly beans, like, fresh veggies, yes. store-bought hummus. A lot of the things I buy, for as lunchbox veggies as you've deemed them, like mini bell peppers, baby cucumbers or English cucumbers, carrots, all of that is stuff that I will totally pull out and put on a snack board. Also, we didn't talk about olives or pickles, but like generally shout them out as fridge. Do you always have a variety of pickles in your I pretty much always have pickles. I'm noticing recently I don't have enough olives on hand, and I think that's mostly because I keep buying them and eating them. <laughs> it's <laughs> a real a problem you. for myself. I, can't blame you. I have like multiple types of pickles on hand at all. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Right I now it. I have, um, I feel like I'm always going to say it weird Pe- Papadoos, Papadoos, yeah. papadoos. Yeah. which are like a kind of sweet, sometimes they're spicy, very tender. Preserved pickled pepper. Yeah. Uh, And they're delicious. They like kind of pop in your mouth. Yeah. And if you get the ones that are are like not a whole pepper, but they're already cored, Mm -hmm. you can stick a cube of cheese in there or like a crunchy Marcona almond. It's really good. But we've mentioned a lot of like what I would say are special, fancy, luxury items. And I just wouldn't be who I am if I didn't say another way to entertain for especially like family game night is like all the fun freezer stuff that you want to buy but you're like oh that's like pizza poppers or bagel bites or like what you know the frozen spring rolls and just have like a frozen food fest yeah did you see on my instagram recently i had found these great coconut breaded shrimp. Yes, yes, it was like oh, and dumplings. You've been going go- going hard on the. <laughs> I have tried two of the bigger brands, or like uh, are they More the well Are they the brands Maybe. that are most effective at Instagram <laughs> advertising? I mean, also, there's that, yeah, and they're both fantastic, fantastic. Literally, take them out of the freezer, steam them in my steamer basket. The only problem is they go so fast. <laughs> Everybody yeah. loves them. You can gobble them up in two seconds. But soup dumplings, shrimp and pork, uh, one of the brands is more seafood heavy, which is important to know for allergens Allergy. or if kids don't like them. I mean, the pork, I don't remember, can't remember now if it's pork and shrimp or pork and scallop still tastes more like pork. Like my kids don't know that there's fish in them. But both brands are great and uh, they also have sauces. So there's a scallion oil, there's a black vinegar sauce that at first I was like, I can make a vinegar dumpling sauce. Yeah. I bought it and it's great because literally I steam them, I open the jars, I put out a chili crisp, a scallion oil, the vinegar, and done. done. And it's really, really fun. Everybody likes it. So yes, love that. Yes. Okay. I feel like we have to talk about drinks and then we have to talk about games. So really quick. And dessert. Are you kidding? Oh my God. You forgot dessert. You forget dessert. Okay. I was just like, okay. Let's go through it. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about drinks. Okay. We always have on hand for our own drinking and for like casual purposes, there's always beer in our fridge. More recently, there's always hard seltzer because of our neighbor who's gluten-free. We always have some sort of like bubbly water that can be used as tonic. And then we have pretty typical bar stuff. I, I haven't always been good about keeping wine on hand, but we have been using Wink because we have an affiliate partnership with them to get some bottles delivered, which has been really nice. So I tend to like when our neighbors come over and it's very impromptu, casual game night, just kind of let everyone drink. Beer or wine, whatever their preference is, but I feel like you do a really good job of sort of like planning themed menus where yeah, you have I'm like dumplings, steamer. and then you might have like yes, like or lychee, yeah. yes, <laughs> can of for It's funny we are totally opposite drinkers. We never have beer. I have to run out if someone who's coming over is a beer person. Yeah. Although that really doesn't happen much. We always have an overload of wine. Because Mike loves wine, yeah, and we have all the wine clubs we have, Wink, which we love. <laughs> and we have uh, like we have all the wine clubs, and you know I'm gonna actually list the three wine clubs that we love most. Wink okay. is one of them, and then the two others that are really fantastic. One focuses more on natural wines, and the other one is a really interesting project by Ashton Berry,
1: who yeah.
0: is yeah. You've talked about this on your Instagram yeah. too, and Obsessed I am like, super excited because it's like wine plus music pairings, which is yeah. So it's really for entertainment. Oh my gosh! It's yes. uh, Party Line is the name of this new business that Ashton's doing. Ashton is a black woman who's worked in wine forever. Kind of has seen how problematic the wine industry can be and is striking out on her own. And this first project is really focusing on this idea that there are lots of different ways into experiencing and enjoying wine and that the language for wine, like the formal language is very, I, this isn't her language, this is mine, yeah. but it's very like gatekeeper <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have to have a certain education and it's very Eurocentric And her idea is what about using music, language, music theory, and music as a way into thinking about what you're experiencing and how you can describe wine, because that's a much more accessible vernacular. I guess that's what she's trying to do is to change the vernacular of wine and wine enjoyment so that it's more accessible. It's super fun. anyway. Wine, always have plain bubbly water. Mm -hmm. Uh, We never have seltzer. Yeah, I mean, it's really just wine, water, and then like a basic bar. I feel like you guys are really good about making like cocktails for yourself. I'm more, when people are coming over, I'm like, oh, let's have this cocktail. Like yeah. there'll be a cocktail that I'm willing to mix up on the fly or maybe like prep the mixer and I can just mix with people. And then if this is not what you want, grab some wine or feel free to raid our cabinet and get some like vodka and soda water with lime or something like that. Something really simple. But um, we really like making simple syrups. So like even just a honey, simple syrup. I love spritzes. I think they're a really nice way to go, especially for a game night when you have all the kids around because they're lower alcohol. They're, it's like you mix it up, but without having to do much of anything. You know, you yeah. just need like april or Campari, some bubbly wine, like Prosecco or whatever. It doesn't have to be champagne or expensive, ice and bubbly water. And it feels very, I don't know. Spritzes are very sexy to me. I love it. I know. I 1000% agree. And I think the only thing that you didn't mention for a spritz is some kind of fruit makes it. Oh, I was just about to say that. I was going to say that, like having some fruit, we didn't talk about this because it's not something you can easily have on. I always buy either berries or citrus or something. But if you don't have that on hand, if you can make a run to the market and get orange slices for a spritz or even just a package of berries, Fruit is great because it just adds color to any spread, whether it's your snack board or your cheese board or your cocktail, it really kind of elevates things. Yeah. Lemons are one of those things that I've gotten in a better habit in the last two years about having on hand Mm -hmm. in general for like brightening up cooking. And that's something you can like easily have on a board with like that tin dish to brighten it up. But then you can throw a lemon wedge in a cocktail. And I'm just going to say, like, if you can't run to the market, if you have frozen berries, that can be really nice yeah, to add totally. to drinks. Or you could, like, macerate some fruit and a little bit of sugar and vinegar and put that on your snack board or cheese plate as something that you serve alongside cheese or other dips. Yeah. So or even have to putting always... your drink. Yes. It doesn't always have to be fresh fruit. It can be stuff that you have in the freezer. And you can freeze lemon wedges, slices of oranges. So if you have stuff that's like starting to go bad, like slice it up, throw it in a freezer bag, throw it in your freezer. And then when you do have guests over, you're like, oh, we I have lemons sliced and ready to go. And they're cold to go in your spritz. As a Greek person, I'm like, oh my God, she just started keeping lemons on hand. <laughs> I feel like I, I never, ever, ever not have lemon. Like even when I go away on vacation, there's lemons that are in the crisper and I come back and I'm like, are my lemons okay? <laughs> There's always, always lemon. It's Sorry. My <laughs> I think it's just a it's, a it's a Greek thing. We put lemon on everything. Yeah. Also, I just didn't I think my kids would grow up being like oh, there should always be like oranges and lemons and yeah. limes in the, on the counter. I didn't grow up in that sort of like food culture. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But I think that also like think about punches. You can do I mean martinis that's like super like you're gonna have a fun night (laughs) (laughs) yeah or um i don't know just like getting a nice pitcher and mixing something up ahead of time also makes things really easy i also wanted to shout out lemonade or limeade which is great for making cocktails but also feels like a special extra touch for kids uh also i am not above sweet making sweet tea, a big old pitcher of Southern sweet tea, Yes, make your teeth hurt. It's so sweet. And Kool-Aid for kids. And then making like kid spritzes with Kool-Aid and bubbly water. Kool-Aid and bubbly water. I love it. I mean, also like having just flavored LaCroix. Yes. Like makes my kids happy. Like that and juice. I almost always have orange juice and apple cider on hand. And then in the farmer's market days, which are coming up, If that's something you do, now this is getting into fancy territory, but if you get it straight from the farmer, it's like lovely to have a little bit of lavender, some edible flowers or something like that, that's just keeping your fridge. Lavender, I think you can freeze actually. Yes. And then you can make a simple syrup out of it, a lavender lemonade. I don't know, just little touches like that. I go back to... Always wanting to have just one or two things that I have made myself that are simple but feel fancy the hearts of palm dip, a lavender simple syrup, something like that, which those two things all in would take at most an hour while I'm also doing other things. Right. And can be done ahead. And then the rest is kind of like a mishmash of store bought stuff. Yes. Okay. Really important question. Are you ever. Serving any of your game night stuff on paper, yeah, in plastic cups, yeah. Like my about the dishwasher, and he is like very pro paper. And I'm like, oh, it's wasteful. He's like, mm-hmm, uh, so is me <laughs> doing the dishes. That's wasteful of my energy. You know, we haven't been entertaining so much that it feels like it's a huge waste. I always have paper plates on hand. Yeah. I'll do paper plates, glass, glasses, and regular forks. Yeah. I haven't been doing paper, but this weekend we were at Target and I was like, I'm just going to buy the big old stack of the like paper, like classic white paper plates. They're the smaller size, which are kid friendly, snack friendly, because we are now having our neighbors so often on the fly that I can't be in charge of. Or are yes. you going to ask Brian to like do all that cleanup? Like I want to enjoy the, the entertaining. Totally. And also like, I don't know about you, but I don't normally let my kids eat anywhere in the house, but when they have friends over and like, we just, I mean, it might be the nature of our space too. Cause it's, you know, Brownstone living. Like yeah. we don't want the kids on the same floor as us all the time. <laughs> like We have game night, but then the kids want to go off and do their own thing for a little while. And grownups can have grownup time. So I feel like giving them paper plates for their dessert, for example, which is really simple and not something too crazy messy, like go off is really nice and not worrying about yeah. like breakage. We still have a lot of plastic kid, like little, little kid stuff. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's helpful in that. But still, that's more cleanup. And recently we had everybody over and the kids took two bowls of popcorn down into our basement which we have like a couch down there now and we have a couple bunk beds i'm still finding popcorn in the bunk beds because they like the courts and they were like everyone had a different cup and i'm sure or cup or bowl and i'm sure that actually some of our plastic bowls are still down there because i cannot find some of them i don't know (laughs) yeah i mean Another thing is if you don't mind clean up but you're worrying about breakage, I do have a set of really pretty like melamine yeah, plates that I pull out sometimes especially if we're going to be in the backyard. And you can get such pretty ones from Target like that have different patterns and or just bright colors. And I, that's easy. I mean, you still have yeah. to load into the dishwasher though. Yeah. yeah. So I love paper or plastic like serving wear and then real glasses for drinking and real silverware so smart let's talk about dessert dessert okay i I was like she is gonna bring it up right i am gonna bring it up first of all i feel like especially for casual game night uh doing like a spread of candy nuts and fruit for dessert is totally acceptable and you know that i always have like both low brow, like Sour Patch Kids candy on hand and then nice like chocolate bars on hand too. So I feel like I can do a good mix. I know that you're gonna agree, box brownie mix on hand on the regular because mix it up like that can be even baking while everyone's coming in or you're playing the first round of the game. And then if you wanna make it more special, you can do like warm brownie sundays with like a scoop of vanilla ice cream, that fancy jam that you bought sort of drizzled on top. Some sprinkles, super easy. box cake mix, I think having a box of vanilla cake mix on hand is the most useful because then you can dress it up and make it like funfetti by throwing some sprinkles and maybe a little almond extract into the batter and baking off cupcakes or baking a sheet cake and doing like a super simple frosting. You can go more fruit or citrus based, like stir some fruit into the batter and then just do a glaze on top of the cake. Do lemon zest and serve that with, I don't know, fancy jam on top of it. It can be really simple. And then, like, I do Rice Krispie Treats on the regular for entertaining. We always have marshmallows and cereal on hand. It's really easy to make at the last minute. I'm so glad that you rattled off all these ideas because I would rather put any time that I have into cooking something savory just because that brings me joy. A hundred percent of the time, Rice Krispie Treats, brownies or ice cream sandwiches like that. Yes, Those are my go-to for like entertaining with other families or if I'm making a thing of our own family night. Yes. Brownies, really, I like making them from scratch. Our recipe is one of my favorites. It's so easy. And it's so easy. You've shown that trick about how you can mix it all in one pan. But also I do like having box mix around. Also, box mix is great for if you have gluten-free families because they're great. I think it's Ghirardelli has the great gluten-free brownie mix. Ooh, hot tip. Okay. I didn't know that yet. Yeah. And then ice cream sandwiches, they're also great. I find that dairy-free ice cream sandwiches, I like better and my kids like better than dairy-free ice cream. But we'll either get like a couple of pints of like regular ice cream, like smaller ones, and then a dairy-free ice cream. Or I feel like dairy-free, if you're feeding someone who's dairy-free, dairy-free sandwiches, ice cream sandwiches feel like the real thing to everybody, make everybody happy. Also, I just can't overstate the delight of if you bring out like a bowl or a tray of like fruit popsicles, ice cream sandwiches, drumsticks to all like kids and adults, like it, everyone is just like this is so fun if you're an adult and you can yeah, do a fruit pop in your glass of wine i don't know it's just so fun yeah and it's so breezy. yeah and there's like a big nostalgia there too like we all want to be kids again totally shout out, shout out to also like the freezer pops otter pops oh yeah that's what i thought you were skis. talking about yes, yes. <laughs> yeah like oh who- i more meant like the you know, fruit Actual on fruit stick, like pops. a I was totally thinking of, like, Otter Pops. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm, yeah, I want Equal that. Equal love. Equal love. Okay. I want to talk about okay. one thing, because I know you're going to try to take us out to games. I want to talk about But games, I want to yes. talk for just literally two minutes about planning ahead, because okay. I have heard you say that you feel like other people are better at entertaining than you, and I don't believe you. And... I'm wondering if that might have, like, there might be a little planning piece of this. Yeah, maybe. That's at the core of it? What do you think? Yes. Okay. So I just, in my mind, other people are better. Like, like even you, like, you're just, like, on a Friday night, like, oh, everyone come over. I'll just figure out what to feed you. And that like gives me a little bit of anxiety <laughs> if I'm the person hosting. I'm at, If I have like even a day of advance notice or even a couple hours, like we decide at lunchtime, we text friends that I can like prep stuff. I feel much better, but I aspire to be a person who has that like basket of universally easy to feed everyone things and can just like breezily be like, yes, come eat and drink. And we'll feed you and we'll play games. So I think a huge piece of it, I'm not joking. This is going to sound like I'm taking a little thing and making it a big deal. has to do with the fact that uh, I live in New York and I feel like we have delicious pizza that can be delivered very easily. So if you have a pizza place that you love that delivers, you can have people over anytime. Everybody loves pizza. It is harder with gluten-free and dairy-free. Yeah. So the next place I would go is like Mexican, like any kind of taco place, because that can be easier to get without cheese and gluten-free tortillas. But I feel like when it's really, really last minute, I am not afraid to order food. And like, those are the two go-tos because they can work for most diets. I have lots of options. It really depends on where you live. I understand that that's not available to everybody, but Having a couple of things in your pantry that you can put out first makes you seem like a rock star, whether you're ordering for dinner afterwards or scrounging something really simple up. So I really think that's the key is that like, if you're like, oh, let me just throw these hearts of palm in the food processor with some lemon and olive oil. And you're like, oh, here, you put that out with a block of cheese and crackers and pita chips, right? Yes. And then people end up staying longer. You're like, oh, I got to feed these people dinner. Ugh, There's nowhere to order from, or like, it doesn't fit their diet. And then you just pull out a bunch of stuff from the freezer egg rolls, coconut shrimp, pizza bites, throw them in the air fryer. You've already set a tone that feels very warm and welcoming. You've made a little something, or you pull out brownies like you make fresh brownies for after that freezer meal. I feel like people are happy. Yeah. So just, I guess it really does come down to having those things around that, you know, you can just always pull out. Yes. Which I, I feel like every season I'm inching closer to that. Yeah. Now I just really want to, all I can think about not besides what? game nights is reorganizing my pantry so I can have like a pantry basket. Yeah. So I know where everything is because right now it's like so cavernous. But yeah. yeah. And I think also there's, this is, and we, we've talked about this many times within entertaining episodes in the past. There is something where it's not like I, we have hangups. I have hangups. Yeah. my own personal ones. Totally. Yep, you're, yeah, like, do. About whether the house is clean enough to just have impromptu guests, maybe especially post pandemic People are like weird about their bodies. Like your body's changed. You've gained weight over the pandemic time and like seeing people, hosting people again in real life where they're not just seeing you from the neck up feels scary. And I think actually remembering that, that we all have hangups is probably the biggest thing for me because I'm worried about the things I'm worried about and everyone else is also worried about their own things. And more than anything, like just relaxing and being present is... Probably the most yeah. important part. And of you it. know what I think is great about that is you're helping yourself. Actually, you're also being a good host when you do yeah. that too, because, like you said, everybody's feeling weird. And when you're relaxed and welcoming and comfortable in your own skin and comfortable showing your house as it is, everybody else can breathe because we're, we're all feeling that way on yeah. some level like all of us. So it just feels really nice to walk into a place and be like, oh, I can just be here with my friend or with my neighbor. And that feels so nice because we have been so deprived of it. So yes to all of that. And then if you are planning ahead, you know, I love a good menu theme. Sometimes I hate talking about menu themes because I feel like it puts pressure on people. And sometimes it even puts, it makes me feel pressured, but mostly I do it because it actually helps me narrow things down because I'm a maximalist. I'm like, I want to have this and I want to have this and make this. Yes. Yes. So I'm like Spanish theme. I have tinned fish. I have dried chorizo. I just have to slice it up. Hearts of palm. I'm making that Marcona almonds. I'm buying, you know, like right there. I just have a manchego cheese. That's a whole gorgeous spread. And I've just made one thing. Yeah. Right. Also, the the nice thing about menu planning in two ways. One, if you're an anxious person like me, you could do the lazy genius principle of like you decide once. Like this is the thing I always make when we have game nights. And also that becomes a fun tradition, even if it's your neighbors and they come over all the time. They know what to expect when they come too. So you could be like, I'm always going to have an Italian spread. Yeah. Or hosting, that means I'm always going to have like pickled peppers and whatever else on hand. Uh, the other thing is, it makes things that would otherwise feel maybe like a little disjointed, like from your pantry, feel purposeful, and that makes them feel special as well. So I don't begrudge your theme thing. I think it's yeah. actually very helpful in narrowing down choices. And I think that Spanish is a really good one. Middle Eastern slash Mediterranean is a really good mm-hmm. one too, because it's so easy to get from the store it dips like tabule salad. It's easy to make a chopped salad, pita chips, falafel. You can buy already like frozen or maybe from the deli counter. It's really easy because of the style of eating, like tapas or metze. So look for cuisines that have that because it already lends itself to a lot of small things coming together to make a full meal. And I think that's perfect for entertaining because yes. you don't have to think about like cooking one big thing. Okay. We're going to get old school. Didn't I just feed you? Style, lightning round. Uh, give us your top five games for family game night oh my god you're making me choose five okay what if i said like uh family friendly and then like also adult so you get five sure. family friendly and then five adult games so there's a new game that we love called encore i want everyone to look it up it's um like you're filling out categories it's a little bit of a board game you get a piece of paper and you roll dice and you do things and it's really engaging to both my boys and me and mike okay we love Bananagrams really big on programs. Yes. The grownups like Scrabble. The kids, not as much. Not like so much. I mean, they do. Oliver loves playing Scrabble with us, but it, it becomes less competitive and more of like a joint thing. Okay. There's a board game that we all really love called Splendor. Okay. Uh, that has like, coins and you're trying to add up to something, you're like going through the ancient world and collecting gems and it's a little puzzly and it's competitive and it's great. Like you can play around in like 15, 20 minutes and we'll play multiple rounds in a row. When we have people over, we do a lot of celebrity or charades. (laughs) Do you do celebrity? I've never heard it called celebrity, but celebrity is different than charades. Yeah. I don't know what that is then. So celebrity is everybody in the room writes down a name. It can be a character, a famous person, an author, whatever it is. It depends on the crowd, right? So you want names that people will eventually get, like that they know, you know, you don't want to put Sigmund Freud if you're playing with like 10 year olds. Okay. So everybody writes down four or five names. You put them in a bowl and then round, you have teams. Round one is that you get up. I mean, somebody, they played a couple of different ways. Okay. So round one is you can say anything, but you just can't say the person's name. So okay. I don't know, like you love John Mayer. I do. So. <laughs> Stinger, brown hair, like body is a wonderland, you know? Yes. Blah, blah. And you'd be okay. like, John Mayer. Okay, great. Yes. We got it. And you go through as many as you can in one minute and you alternate teams Okay, until all the names are gone. Then you add up how many names your team got. Because if you great. get stuck, you're just stuck. Okay. Put all the names back in the basket round two. You can only say some people play one word, some people play two words. So I pull John Mayer again and I'm like, I can only say one word, Wonderland, and I give you a knowing look, <laughs> and you're like, Oh, <laughs> And then in the last, and again, back and forth, back and forth. Because then, in the second round, you minute. you know who's in the bowl. Yes. yes. Okay. And then the third round is no words. You have to act it out. Okay.
1: So that's the idea fun.
0: is that you've gone through the names three times at this point. You don't know who you're going to pull, but you have to remember. So by the third round, even the second round. Sometimes if you don't know the name, you're relying on something that someone said in the first round. It's really, really fun. And
1: Sounds it has like a
0: charades it. element. Yes. Also, nice low tech, like pens, yes. pencils, totally, and paper. Totally. Yes. totally. The other one I said I was going to mention, it's a grid game where you come up with five categories. Everybody makes a grid on a piece of paper. Every player has their own piece of paper. You can play in teams with kids. We do that sometimes. So- countries, fruits, spices, whatever categories go across the top. And then you come up with a five letter word that goes down the side. So spice, S-P-I-C-E goes down the side. So then you have to fill in every box. So a country that starts with the letter S, a country that starts with the letter P, a spice that starts with the letter S, a spice that starts with the letter P and you fill out the whole grid. You get like a timer, 10 or 15 minutes. Then the way you score Is that if you're the only person, a spice that starts with the letter S, sumac is what I wrote down. If I'm the only person who wrote sumac, I get the maximum number of points. If one other person wrote sumac, we each get one level down. If two other people, it's two levels down. If everybody got sumac, we all get zero for it. So you want to put in words that you think no one else is going to get to. Yeah. Because then otherwise you're not going to get any points for it. Oh my goodness. This is so such a fun idea. And I love That's a really good one. It doesn't require you to buy a game for it. No like, game. Again, yes. those are two no game and they're great with kids too. You just have to kind of like level it on your own, like come up with categories yes. that the kids will get. Uh, Cards Against Humanity. We haven't played in a while, but that was a big one just for grownups. Yes. And then there's a version... Not parent approved, okay. which is great if you have tweens. I would say like now Isaac thinks it's a little corny. He's like at the older end of 15. Oliver still loves it. Like maybe 9, 10 to like 12, 13-ish, you know, farts, burps, all that stuff. It's kind <laughs> of like it was dubbed like a Cards Against Humanity for kids. Okay. It's really fun. Yeah. And then Cards. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about cards and card games? I feel like I don't know as many card games as I should, and so I want to know more. So do you have a couple ideas? Well, we play Gin Rummy a lot. Okay. Partly because I'm the queen and I like winning. Uh, We play (laughs) Gin Rummy. We play uh, Slap, which is also called very weirdly, maybe offensively, I don't know, Egyptian Rat screw. Okay. I've never that's, heard it called that. And but. then there's an even more grown up version of that name that I will refrain from saying. Okay. And uh, Blackjack. <laughs> it's like playing Blackjack. <laughs> we don't <laughs> bet. Okay. Uh, but that's it. And when growing up, I played Pinnacle a lot with my dad and my family. Pinnacle is the one that we played the most. Yeah. But that's really it as far as games, but we'll play like game card games over and over. Yeah. Do you guys play any card games? Uno? Does Uno count? Yeah, Uno we so play much Uno. Uno. We have like a like probably four decks of Uno because there's like one that primarily lives at the dinner table and is gross, <laughs> slimy fingers. Yeah, slimy dot like the you know cards are bent, all yeah. of that. But it's one of those games that'll keep Emmett, my seven year old, at the table, which is a big has long been a struggle. But when we include games, it's really easy. And then he recently was playing a card game with my brother-in-law, but I can't remember what it was. It was something easy enough for seven-year-old. So maybe uh, I will ask him and we'll include. It's a the go show fish. Notes. We used to play go know, Fish. No, they was like okay Maybe it was like a version of Slapjack, but with just like a traditional deck of cards. So there, because there was like an interactive part of it. So yeah, we don't play a lot of card games, but it's something we definitely should beyond Uno and like Old Maid and Go Fish and all that. Tell us your other game. I wanted to mention, uh, we don't own it, but we've played it at friends' houses. What Do You Meme? Which is sort of like Cards Against Humanity. It's like a very adult game and you'll just end up laughing, peeing your pants. Uh, <laughs> and then at a neighbor's house we played recently, um, what is it called? I called it Beautiful Corpses because that's like a, a paper game that I played with Ella. It's yeah. Tell us, yes. Yes. Okay, so this this version of the game is called Telestrations After Dark. And it's kind of like charades, kind of like beautiful corpses or exquisite corpses. Everyone gets a dry erase little notebook. And then you draw a card. I already love card, that. Yes. So from the card you pick a thing and it might be like dry humping <laughs> as an example. Is that a real one? It is a real one that I got. And (laughs) the first page of your, your dry erase board, you draw this phrase, like dry humping. And then you pass the book to the person next to you, who's also like passing their book along. So everyone has a book. Their job is to guess what you drew and write that like in text on the next page then they hand it to the next person and that person takes their guess and draws a picture so it's like telephone too where stuff is getting lost in translation it is so inappropriate i can't even it sounds so fun it's so fun um definitely an adult game (laughs) i was gonna say dry humping is dry humping so can I ask you a question junk in the trunk was one also (laughs) like if you're doing junk in the trunk are you drawing um a a person I did not or are you doing like drunk and then like a trunk where you're like not it's not phonetic but you're trying to get them to guess the words yeah I think everyone has like a slightly different technique it probably depends on the amount of alcohol you've consumed too. Like some of them, I was just so stumped. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to draw this for junk (laughs) in the trunk. I literally drew like a car with a bunch of junk coming out of the trunk. Yeah. Did did people Uh, guess it? Dry humping was very hard. Yes. Junk in the trunk was an easier one, but dry humping, like I think the person before me had drawn like a camel and circled the humps, and then like dragged, there's a teardrop and dried it off. I, yes! I can't remember, but I was well, like, "Is so there smart. a way I want to play with them? I, I like could, them." Yeah, is there a way I could draw with like stick figure a dog <laughs> dry humping? Oh, know. you were doing people, yes. <laughs> and that's where. It can get very inappropriate. I was thinking. Like, people are drawing butts and penises. Yeah. And like, All yeah. right. Sounds okay. fun. We went there on Didn't I just do. Okay. Moving on to more kid-friendly games. Yes. We are loving lately Blockus, which Love is it. sort of like Tetris, sort of like Domino's. It's really fun. It, everyone, It's kind of fast-paced. Everyone's working at the same time. It's great for young kids and grown-ups, too. Clue is really popular in our house right now. Although it has led to people crying. Um, And then I just want to shout out, both Yahtzee and Sorry because those yep. are like games where if you have little if you're trying to play like family game night and you have little kids who like to be up and moving around they're really nice cuz you're like shaking the Yahtzee cup or like in Sorry you know you're bumping people along so there's like an interactive movement component to it and then we also you mentioned Snakes but we also own a family charades set, which is really nice because it's like more age appropriate. Yes, totally. We used to have yes. one of those too. And it's like, it, you know, it, it showed ours had drawings on it and the words so that yeah. even like pre readers could participate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there, I think within the box there's like sports or like everyday yeah. um, science. So it's kind of fun and you can um, sort of tailor it to the people in your audience. -hmm. Oh my gosh, Megan. So many ideas on getting people in your house on entertaining for game night. I don't know. Do you want to just close really quickly with saying, are there any of the like food or drink or ideas that you think are especially great for game night versus entertaining in general? I think anything that can be like handheld, quick bite, and then it's your turn is the way to go for game night. Um, With it, like, some modifications, exceptions, like anything that you could throw in the crock pot and then do as a taco or a slider would be really yes. good too. Totally so agree. you can make a more, I would focus on snacks, but you can do a more substantial meal if it's going to be something that can be eaten with fingers, hands. I totally agree with you. And also the paper plates. Yes. And the super easy dessert. And I do think just like cans of soda I don't even remember the word. I don't drink beer so little, uh, so <laughs> bring in, like, a Bottle of beer. A I lost the word. Beer. You can also bottle. do cans of beer. Yeah, I love you. Just like keep it very simple, like as opposed to having like wine glasses everywhere. Um, yeah. Shout out to stemless, though, if you're gonna go with wine, that's really easy to have around. So just think about it being like casual and easy, and there being a lot of movements around. Uh, you know, and maybe like think about what you're serving if you need to take a break or if it's something that people can eat while you're playing. Yes, brilliant. You know who's going to have lots more ideas. Oh my God, so many ideas on this one, especially. It's our community. So if you haven't joined us there, you can join us for free at didn't I com backslash community. Or if you want those bonus episodes and other goodies, join our supporting community. You can also keep in touch with us on Instagram, where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You, or by signing up for our newsletter. There's a link for that on our website or in our Instagram bio. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you're already a subscriber, leave a rating or review. Those bring us joy. Another really easy, free, simple thing you can do, tell your friend about us. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsick. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacey. Stay sane and well fed until next week.
1: Be sure to subscribe to Did not I Just Feed
0: You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster.